You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show and my other show, Enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17karatkpop.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop and your monthly best new music roundup. Please remember that I listen to literally hundreds of new releases from the worlds of P-pop, T-pop, C-pop, J-pop, K-pop, J-rock, C-rock, K-rock, etc. every single month. So, narrowing this down to 20, let alone the ranking of them, always a monumental task. I take it quite seriously, and I really do try to be as objective as I can be. So not talking about my personal favorites, but just more objectively what was really well done. The best high-quality new releases out of thousands. And stick around, because if your fave didn't make the cut, maybe they made the honorable mentions mega roundup at the end. With that being said, let's dive into today's countdown. Best releases of March 2023. Here is number 20. Chan Mina, You Just Walked Into My Life. The song is well done, but what really won me over was the video. She really looks so ethereal, so angelic, so pretty, in this all-white outfit with white blonde hair, super white teeth, white props, white table setup, white cloth, cloth ribbons of sorts. She swings from as she dances in the air, does this aerial dance outside in this beautiful field full of pastel flowers. She really kind of seduces this guy while singing about you walking into her life. Like, how dare you, uninvited, but then she is the one seducing him. So it's an interesting take-charge attitude in this very pretty way. They also spend time then as a couple. So she won, she, she did woo him, and her and her love interest are in this just beautiful marble mansion with this cool ironwork for stairwells. It is just what home decor enthusiasts dream about. Beautiful location, beautiful settings, visually just a beautiful video, and kind of an allusion to them being ghosts or just spirits, maybe angels, not of this world because they just go on casual dates while still in all white. Like, she's just there in her super platinum-colored look, walking around like a normal person at the convenience store with him. They hold each other while looking over a bridge. They go to the park together, chill on the swings. They dance slowly together in a busy street. Like, they don't care if they'll get hit by a car, because maybe they are already dead. I think they are kind of like otherworldly beings here. It's a sweet love story, not super relatable, but it is in terms of the casual dates. So, really mixed with just fun fantasy and a cool pretty character number 19 j-hope and j cole on the street what a meaningful full circle moment in so many ways J-Hope has grown up looking up to J. Cole. BTS also put their own spin on J. Cole's Born Sinner for their song, Born Singer, which they've been singing for years now, only it got its official release just last year. BTS early on in their career also, of course, utilized a lot of butterfly imagery and symbolism, which is back now and becomes part of the new J-Hope era with the cover art for the single. J. Cole also kind of has a full circle moment, referencing kind of the fall off, a phrase he's referred to in his work multiple times since 2018, and he keeps up that thematic continuity. They both bring their own stories to this song, in a cool full circle way. 
It's especially fun to watch the Bangtan TV episode with J-Hope fanboying over J. Cole. It's just very cute. And we find out from that that J-Hope actually said, no, can I reach out myself? Like, no PR intermediary, let me reach out with the request. Just so happy for him. Also notable that he walks around in New York in the video down the same street J. Cole walks in Simba, which is from J. Cole's debut mixtape. There may also be a nod to Jin's The Astronaut I See, like when J-Hope bends down to look at a little girl. Okay, I know this part is going to be reaching, but I do see a parallel between the moment Jin does this and J-Hope does this in their solos, just staring straight at the camera, a small smile creeping on their faces, a little satisfied smile. I don't know, it just feels like that could have been an intentional similarity. What I love about this song, probably the most, is just the street metaphor. I love metaphors that can be applied so, so many different ways and be so universal and personal at the same time. And a street is everything. A street represents where you've been and where you're going. And it represents J-Hope's beginnings, like a dancer on the streets, J. Cole's beginning with the debut mixtape location for the video. It represents where the stories are unfolding of the lives of all kinds of people. It's the ultimate representation of it's not the destination, it's the journey. It's where you encounter people unexpectedly. It's where you get lost, but it's where you refine your bearings. It's where everything happens. Just the perfect, perfect theme for his send-off pre-military enlistment. Very emotional as a fan to watch. His journey be kind of tied up in a bow with this. J. Cole also has a great rap verse, which I really appreciate because sometimes when K-pop artists extend an invite to a Western artist for a collab, the rap verse they send in is pretty meh. But the J. Cole one's pretty good. It's better than expected just in the context of these collabs. Like, J. Cole actually was emotionally invested. This wasn't a quick write-off for him. This was like something he actually clearly thematically took his time to work with. He was invested in this song in a way that I appreciate for J-Hope's sake. Number 18. Cherry Bullet, Cherry Dash. Whistle Like That is it. Definitely the best B-side. Back in the vein of love and space, only catchier, I would say. There's a cool old-school brassy sound to Cloud9, classic synth-pop jam in Queen, with tons of sing-along ready moments. Then there's the ballad, A Winter Star. They really chose well, though, for the title track. Although the acronym is unfortunate, P-O-W, but for them, it means play on the world. The video is really cool with color. It uses so much color, but spread out. So each scene kind of has one main color or a couple, but not so many that it's hard to look at. It's easier on the eyes than it sounds, but still quite a rainbow of a video. Very visually stimulating. Lots of pop-ups, computer, PC screen, aesthetics going on. They really do play on the world, bring their gameplay into their IRL lives. I also love when they get extra just cool and sassy with this confident model walk at the very end. Number 17. Say the name, 17. Super Dragon, Mirror. These guys continue to be so underrated and versatile. This J-pop group is also kind of a J-hip-hop, J-rap group, and like a J-rock group, and like a J-beatbox breakdance group. I mean, so much. Sometimes they're dancers, sometimes they're just rocking out. They're very versatile, and they show that with the dance moves, rocking out in leather looks for revolution. And then they go for a more suave, dressed-up look for indelible magic. 
Sonically, the range is as big as ever, too. Force to Forth is another great album. They start always with the best, most rowdy, rousing, interesting, wild in the best ways opening number. This time it's Are You Ready, which is a blast. Some songs are more kind of EDM focused, others are more rock, some are kind of jazzy, some are very much down the middle pop, some have fun background noises, like the fun slide whistle, and not enough. The most explosive energy in the biggest weird electronic pop hybrid is in Tap Tap Tap. That's a standout. Then there's Popstar, which is kind of in the vein of Yes Man by P1 Harmony. And a great final track. Some of their best singing is on Popstar, so it was a great choice for the finale. They start and finish strong. Number 16. Cravity Masterpiece. They really are just kings at positive energy. They always just bring the smiles with their very just fun, groovy songs. They have some perfectly titled songs. I mean, Party Rock, Adrenaline, Groovy, Cloud Nine, all buoyant and bouncy, happy songs. Groovy is interesting because it starts out with just a boring office setting, and then the action takes place within the TV screen. They're business executives pitching an idea for a show, and that music show they're pitching is the members themselves. It's kind of meta. An extra kind of cheeky at the end when one of them plays the role of a janitor, walking in the now empty office building, walks by a screen with this show airing, and just winks to the camera. Like, yeah, that was us. Meta, right? So it's a very fun relationship to the audience they have. Fly is also a very fun, happy hit. Cool guitar twists and sound effects in Get Lifted. Baddie is a standout. Really fast. Just so much energy and more. Way more than they needed, but it works. A to Z is another hit. A to Z and Baddie are the standouts. A to Z kind of goes for more pop R&B vibes. Then Psych, it speeds up again for another super peppy, fast-paced chorus. So it is a fun trick in a way. Then at the end, they end with Light the Way. No more fakeouts. Now they go for real drama, piano, slow, impressive note showcasing content. Number 15. SG Finale. The variety pack of aesthetics you get from the album matches the variety you can sample in a way on the album sampler. The album trailer features everything from anime to 8-bit vibes to live-action narrative. It's like you're watching a bunch of previews for movies. The album is quite the musical cornucopia, too. A very colorful collection of some pretty fun bouncy bops, but also some R&B-ish, more moody ones, more mellow stuff. It's all over the place. My personal favorites are when he goes for a Ravi or G-Dragon-style autotune, artful tweaking of autotune, electronified vocal filters. When he goes all in on that, that's my jam. Instagram is a great one. I love the ravish song Flash. Lotto is a really good one if you're a fan of Sexy Nukem by Balming Tiger and RM. If you want the feel-good vibes the most, check out Friends or the last track, Rainy Day. That variety I was talking about also extends to the full videos. The full visuals, not just the highlight preview video, but also with the full-length videos, he released quite a few. From a snowy day love story, to just a feel-good, hanging out with your bestie premise, to more dramatic scenes, he really is quite a versatile artist. And always has unexpected collabs up his sleeves too, so stay tuned for what SG is always working on. Number 14. I've Kish. 
lots of screenshot worthy moments with them posing together the wings on fire the member who's posing in front of a self-portrait mural the scene with the red roses all over the setting with the bright pink wall with a devil horn shaped awning of sorts the neon sign that says you're so weird don't change the members also appear in different locations kind of like after like where they each kind of get their own setting to pose in and sing in. I have a really good with just interacting with the camera one-on-one and just showing off individual charms. So glad to see that back for their standout pre-release. New album now comes out this month and this was a strong teaser with a fun new vibe for them. I definitely think their upcoming comeback will be big to expand their fan base. They've also got a cool wardrobe, so much visually to look at background-wise, and I love the varsity jackets they wear that on the back say rock, not guns, culture, not violence. Number 13, Mamamoo Plus, Act 1, Scene 1. This whole EP has a cute, playful energy where Solar and Moonbeal are just kind of teasing the audience. Like, it's all one big act, one big laugh session. They playfully just kind of walk among settings, like they're at a high school theater production backstage. They walk from set to set for GGBB, which stands for Good Girl, Bad Boy. I love the lyric in that song, Do Re Mi Fa Solar Moonbeal. I just thought that was very funny. And the lyrics like, just like Coke Zero, tastes like something's missing. They talk about how they want a kind of a bad boy, even though they're a good girl. It's flirty in a very funny, ton-in-cheek way. They have like put-downs that are mixed with compliments, like, you make me laugh, dummy, and you cute sneak. Then they have the attitude of, you stink and I never want to see you again, on Chico Malo, which means bad boy, so oh have the tables turned, and that video does have a similar theatrical air to it. They're acting out of performance, dramatic on purpose acting. I also love the use of traditional instruments and outfits. Then there is LLL, which has a cool meaning, loved, loving, will love, so past, present, future, all involve love. Similarly, the ending lyric is about growing, still growing, and having grown, growing in the future. It's another past, present, future reference to growth. It's also got a cute self-cam style video to go with it. So just a lot of fun dramatization of a relationship and your lingering desire to have it or have one like it. Number 12, Bobby Sir. Bobby recently revealed he actually has four comebacks scheduled for this year. This is just part one, and he also has over 30 solo tracks he is just kind of sitting on. So we are getting so much Bobby solo music this year. And this teaser really keeps me intrigued, because the videos kind of go together. Cherry Blossom and Drowning. In one video, he basically falls asleep, goes unconscious, In the other, he basically wakes up. Cherry Blossom is more just him on Earth, a day on Earth, a sweet love song, kind of sad too, about unrequited love. Then Drowning takes place in the afterlife. Quite a movie plot going on with Soul's character added too as the feature and in the video. Playing cards that in the video kind of represent finding your fate in this devil's game. So he's dealing with the underworld in Drowning as he falls into this love. It's an interesting duality, both in terms of the themes of the lyrics and the videos, but also with the broader approach to love. 
First it's, I don't have enough, I'm too shy, or it's not reciprocated. Then it goes to, I have way too much of this, and I'm drowning in the love. Number 11. So Yoon, Episode 1, Love. The album has six different narrators, she says. In the album visual film shows six different characters. She plays different people and different wardrobes attest to that. It's an interesting multidimensional story. Your attention is kept not just with these great songs, but with the cool transitions in a way that segment this album. It's segmented by an interesting flute intro, skits, and the outro with a creepy movie-ready feel that throws in some fun, unassuming synths as well. So it's a to-be-continued ending. In title, it's called Out To Be Continued. And just in sound, it brings that to life too. It was definitely the right track to pick for the main track, Smoke Sprite. That is the standout featuring RM. Just a really good song and a really interesting metaphor. Quote refers to the effect that people disappear when they explode, like a bomb at a cartoon. I often feel a sense of deja vu while standing on the border between dream, fantasy, and reality. I tried to express that and images of such speakers came to mind one after another. There is a movie that I've loved since kindergarten. It's an animation called Princess and Princess, which consists of six shadow plays. The male and female protagonists create and act as their own characters to appear in each side. After deciding what kind of clothes to wear, what kind of personality to have, and how to behave, the play begins. While preparing for this album, that movie came to mind. I create a story and act as a being in the story, and that story could be me." Unquote. Just a cool way to describe feeling like you're trying to come to terms with who you really are, what options the world presents to you, and which identity you will step into, and what that will look like. She really is a one-of-a-kind vision and sound, so definitely check out her other work, not just the new album. Number 10. Ho Yeonjin, Love You Twice. This Lay Seraphim member continues to really impress me with her solo releases. That don't get like a full promo round, so I don't know how you want to count it as how much you want to say it's an official release or whatever, but you can stream it all now. This and her previous single, I Not Equal to Doll, a fun play on word with the word idol. I just love that she, so early in her career, is already really clear in her vision. She knows what she wants artistically and brings that to life in more ways than one. She really does literally artistically stay in charge here. Like she's hand drawing cute illustrations, animations that then turn into her music videos slash lyric videos with subtitles on. So another cool handmade animation forms the blueprint for Love You Twice, which truly has very poetic lyrics. Reflecting on the, the person she shows the world and who she really is and how she feels like a failure, not as good at all as the person she presents herself to be online and on stage. And she just wants someone who will love her and feel like she is this perfect girl all the time without having to feel like it's putting on an act. It's a very relatable imposter syndrome type story. With just beautiful lyrics, it's quite a poem. So here's some of it. A spotless bedroom spends quiet nights, Pilates mornings, and she's good with wine. She wakes at the right time, sets the right vibes. She's funny, but never too much. Mysterious, but always in touch. All I wish to be is someone deserving of the comfort that you bring. Because deep inside, I want to be her. She takes the hit but never shows you where it hurts. Bathes you in spring sunshine, wipes tears dry, and says, I love you twice.
In seven years' time, I will look back and wonder, why was I such a mess, unable to relax? Even when I dullen with time, please tell me I still shine. Cause deep inside I want to be her. She takes the hit but swings back stronger. Oh, to be ever blooming with you. Really beautiful. And a great way to put into straightforward terms the expectations, the double standards women in music have to deal with especially. And just women who are famous, period, right? Funny but never too much. Mysterious but always in touch. Wicks at the right time, sets the right vibe. A morning person and a night person. Someone you want around you at all times. Someone who is not possible to be, but she thinks you aspire to be with. It's really profound, and I love her personalization. Number nine, Code Kunst, Remember Archive. I love in one of his album commentary YouTube videos, he said he loves this quote from Baekhyun Jin that there's no such thing as completing art, just stopping it. I thought that was a cool way to put it. There's never an end point. Art is just eternal. You just have to pause it at some point. And that's what Remember Archive was, that he just eventually was like, I'll never truly exhaust all emotions, but I put enough on here. It really is quite a cool archive, an encapsulation of so many stories, emotions, memories, moods. He also captures that well visually with the little album teaser that basically showed a bunch of symbols of each story in the album. So the camera slow-mo pans left to right as you see frozen in time characters and symbols, each one kind of a spoiler for what to expect thematically from this varied album. He also chose an interesting equal division, a 3-3-3. So one third of the album is quote-unquote real instruments. One third is digified. The other third is sampling. So he really mixed old and new, which makes sense when given the variety of moods you'll get listening to this. You'll get some funny ones with high-pitched voices like Jumper, Crew. There's some groovier, shimmy-ready ones like 911, ironically, which I could see being a fan favorite. Some songs sound more like they're in kind of a sad haze, like Terminal. There's some back-to-back -back bouncy jams, Bad Bad and Circle. I would say a personal favorite is Homeboy, because Lehigh's rasp is just as compelling as ever. Little Bit with DeVita is great, too. He chose some really top-tier vocal talent for the features. Also Wendy in Year and Beck on 55, which is about the end of the world, basically. In the video is that, too. The story of it's 55 minutes and you have 60 minutes left on Earth, which makes your love and passion for who you're with burn brighter than ever. You're not taking a nanosecond for granted. So yeah, some pretty deep, intense emotions here, but also some lighter, more fun moments, too. It really is a great arc. Archive. Number 8. Billy, The Village of Perception, Chapter 3. We're going to do a whole episode about this, and you can check out the refresher of their whole music video universe through the Billy's World episode of the show, Out Now, a part 2 is on the way. So stay tuned for more, but great job as always, such an underrated girl group, Stan Billy. Number 7. Zykers, House of Tricky, Doorbell Ringing. This is the new KQ Entertainment boy group, brought to you by ATEEZ's agency. And actually, ATEEZ member Han Jun, super involved in this group. Like, he helped write all the songs, compose them. He also gave the group detailed guides to record with. So he really led this project. Eden, who's also a label mate, made big contributions too, as well as some of the members themselves, especially the rap team. But you definitely get the AT's DNA from this song, the Tricky House new single. I mean, it does sound very AT's like 
It has that big boisterous sound to it, that big interface instrumental, the earworm qualities. It's very 80s, which I love. It's got Bollywood influence, but the story itself that Tricky House is about was inspired by Korean folklore about Korean goblin characters. Their story is distinct from 80s's. 80s are the pirates, basically, with alter egos. Totally different premise from this group, who are these hikers crossing through space and time, looking for certain coordinates and finding their path again. So ET's members looking for treasure in their story, this group looking for the path to get treasure eventually. The video is pretty fast-paced and suspenseful, showing them trying to navigate space and time limitlessly. They've got more funky, eerie haunted house vibes on some of the b-sides like Zyke. There are some really cool vocal distortions they add to the mood in Oh My Gosh. This is basically Halloween soundtrack-ready stuff for year-round. Just bursting with personality and a cute version of creepiness. There are also some cool hints that, yeah, this is part of ATEEZ's music video universe. Same world, different components. Like the subway station setting. The fact that they dramatically, in the monologue, say we call it tricky. This force is called tricky. Remember ATEEZ's early monologue where they said we call it treasure in that same dramatic, drawn-out delivery. So definitely I see a lot of parallels story-wise. There's a really interesting and hyphen-esque narrative intro with the tricky secret. Quote, long, long ago, with the appearance of mankind, something that would cause a rift in the world emerged with them. It lived among the people, worshipped for its mysterious powers, and hated for its unceasing whims. It existed as a constant fear, a force that would destroy the world. Humans began to wonder if it was good or evil. Overwhelming desire to dominate, reckless courage, self-destruct. It gave children abilities beyond what they could bear, and they prospered in the chaos. It exists within us without any reason. We call it tricky, unquote. Noticeable reference to children feeling overwhelmed, too. Remember meeting a child, maybe their own inner child, was part of ATEEZ's story, too, in a different monologue. So my theory is probably this new group are the past versions of ATEEZ. ATEEZ are them in the future, slash, them in the present, maybe. Just a thought. Time travel is obviously part of the story, so that could make sense. Very curious where this goes. Love the storytelling so far. And love the fun and creepy music so far. Number six. Baby Metal, The Other One. I talked about some of these songs before when they were featured on like a teaser EP. There was Divine Attack, Shinjeki, Metal Kingdom, Monochrome, etc. And there's more of that and better on this album. They really are back in their element, post-hiatus, back and better. So many cool EDM undercurrents, but also just rapidly paced metal, rock, orchestral concoctions. They just have such headbane-worthy percussion, cool electronic undercurrents, all topped off with just pretty good voices too. My personal favorite is Metalism, which is great for just J-pop, J-EDM fans, like of Gurney Delia. The drumming, though, more than goes off and is the coolest in Maya. Time Wave is a great ominous one that seems like the echoing voices get closer and closer, more ominous energy to believing, and then all of a sudden, they do this thing a lot in their songs where it starts out kind of just an unsettling quiet, and then boom, it's time for full speed ahead, smashing guitars, head thrasher material, all-out drama. 
I grew to love Metal Kingdom as a song even more when seeing the live performance version, which is just so cool. They take huge advantage of this really wide stage, fill it with cool lighting effects, they use the runway too, these giant scepters as props. It just looks very cinematic and dark castle aesthetic on point. Number five, twice ready to be. Twice continue to really impress me with their just organic growth. Their maturity is just so authentic and natural. Like, it never felt like they've had a moment where they did a complete 180 and grew up for the sake of growing up. They didn't just suddenly have a mature image. They've just evolved into one. And kept their signature super youthful cutesiness too. The Twice touch is still there. But they definitely are growing up. So they really do just have a an indescribable ease with which they have expanded their rep. And they continue to just expand their variety sonically on this album. This is a really great, high-quality, polished group of pop bops. Danceable, bold tracks. The only main downside, the whole EP is less than 20 minutes to listen to all the way through. But the upside of that is you can listen to the full thing three times in a row in one hour. And it's just very high quality and loop worthy. Love set me free. Great disco tinged jam with the TikTok ready dance for the chorus. Honestly, I think a weaker track out of the track list is Moonlight Sunrise. That one, not doing it for me like the others. So that was kind of a good warm up option. But set me free definitely was the right call for the full big time comeback promo. I can't pick a favorite B-side. Crazy Stupid Love, maybe. Maybe got the thrills. Blame it on me. So I've named almost every song on there. It is just really high quality. And I like the video for Set Me Free, which has a cool making a movie premise. Like they're filming a movie scene, and then they watch themselves from the auditorium carrying out that scene. It was a very exciting moment the first time I watched the video to see the surprise pause for dramatic effect in the bridge. And they subverted expectations with the teasers for Set Me Free. I kind of like when music video teasers psych you out, give you the wrong impression, because from the Set Me Free video teaser, you got the feeling it was going to be a kind of stripped down, bare-skinned, dramatic number, focused on the scenes taking off their makeup and just freeing themselves from beauty standards, etc. No, the theme became way different. So the out-of-context clip misled people, but I kind of like that. It was a surprise then. But they did have that key scene in there. So throughout the video, they actually showed a multitude of topics you could use to interpret the song as being about. So that was a pretty cool layered viewing experience that you have to kind of repeat, rewatch to get different takeaways each time. Number four, Jisoo, me. I really think, honestly, Jisoo has the strongest Blackpink solo. Effortlessly, I don't know, I just feel like she most perfectly embodies the message she's trying to deliver. She's just so good at this, so underrated, and it's sad to think about how she almost didn't release it. She was like, I don't know if I ever really want to go solo. I'm so glad she changed her mind. Just a really cool moment for her. In my opinion, the best songs out of Blackpink solo work. Flower is in my head all the time these days. With cool flower and butterfly symbolism, she talks about a love is gone, all that it left was the lingering scent of a flower. And is this really cool hand gesture, like a flower opening up and blossoming as part of the choreography. 
To me, out of all the Blackpink solo videos, the flower video just is so effortless. Like, the most effortless getting into character. Not even trying, but she is. And the most just seamlessly pulling off the choreography, the story, this duality that's just within her naturally. Kind of sassy, bye-bye-bye to this ex, mixed with a true romantic reminiscing about this instead of just forgetting about it. And she does kind of regret missing out on this love too sometimes. Notice how in the video she has a pearl necklace she rips off. Later she goes to the store window and sees that same necklace now back up for sale. Like she's tempted to buy that new one now that she broke her old one. But she realizes she doesn't need that and it doesn't have sentimental value anymore, which is really reinforced at the very end when that corsage type choker is what she rips off her neck at the very end. So she basically is moving on but not forgetting the memories. It's also just truly a stunning video visually. She looks just so, so, so beautiful in all these different outfits. Which Blackpink member has the most wardrobe changes in their solo video? For Jisoo, I counted around 12, but let me know what you think for the others. I'm pretty sure they each got around a dozen outfit changes, and at first, honestly, watching it the first time, I thought Jisoo got less than the others, and I was like, come on. But then I went back and watched again, and I'm like, oh, whoa, yeah, there's another change, another change, another change. So many outfit changes. Wowzers. So I think she has about a dozen. I think it's 11 or 12 because there's one time where I think for a split second she's in a second LBD that wasn't seen before. Maybe it's the same LBD as before, but it just looked different from the angle, and she had her hair different. I don't know, but I think there are 12 because of the second black dress. But anyway... She's an elegant beauty with a great song, an interesting way she tells the story in three chapters, and she does pretty seamless product placement for Christian Dior makeup. Nicely played. Number three, Kai Rover. I have some big, broad theories I want to start with. To mix things up a little this time, my big takeaways are first. My main theories as to Kai's new short film and what it says about his story. Part one of my theory, the first short film he had for his first comeback, his self-titled album, that was all an act. Not indicative of what any version of himself is doing in this story. Like, it was just him, remember, that one ends with him clearly just on a set with moving parts. He was just filming a movie. So whatever he did in that first film was his character in the movie. Ignore it. Not part of his true character. Number two... The new short film shows both Kais, Good Kai and Evil Kai. The Good Kai and the evil one who committed the crimes tried to cover him up by blurring the CCTV footage and all that stuff. The bloodied Kai and the innocent one. This new short film shows both, sometimes merging, sometimes in separate places, sometimes traveling to each other's dimensions, sometimes one takes on the traits of the other, but at the end of the day, just two Kais. So if you think there's a third, I think you're wrong. It just may not seem like you're cut and dry, good Kai or evil Kai that day because they borrow from each other. So don't read into the outfits he wears as good or evil Kai, because maybe good Kai is wearing evil Kai's clothes or vice versa. Number three, to understand who Kai really is, watch the new film closely. To understand who he aspires to be or wants you to perceive him as, watch his intro film. Main takeaway four, his character is a real fighter, so if there's ever a weird Hunger Games twist to the SMCU, Kai is surviving long after the others. And lastly, he learns the hard way that the shady characters on set of the film he was making follow him IRL. 
So he cannot outrun the shadowy figures and all they represent. He can't leave that baggage on a movie set at the end of the day. They follow him into this short film about his real life. Also note that the people he is dealing with in this video, I think are the same villains he encounters in XO content, Super M content, etc. The ones they had to fight in Monster, the ones experimenting on them in Lucky One, the masked figures and all sorts of his visuals, mini movies of sorts. Same people, same team, working for the same boss the whole time. Those are my big theories. I couldn't dive into each component more if you want, but for the sake of time I won't today, but lots of cool new lore to chew on with this new short film and the album. I also see a lot of cool ways his rover video ties into the SMCU, like with the ballet figurine of sorts that becomes lifelike, very Red Velvet-esque, kind of a nod to their character in the story. Rover was actually inspired by Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot's about this guy, long story short, who is judged for pursuing ballet, being passionate about ballet, but at the end of the day, after his dad sees him perform, his dad's very supportive and thinks he was born to do this, born to dance. His dad actually eventually warms up so much to him doing this, he pawns his mom's jewelry just to help his son pay for the trip to London for the dance audition. He ends performing in Swan Lake, which is also full of symbolism about passion and the death of it or the sustenance of it that would tie into Kai's story naturally. But the biggest hint that he was influenced by Billy Elliot is the fact one of his aliases in the video is Mr. Elliot Billy. Throughout the video, Kai puts on a bunch of different personas, which yes, I did actually pause, play, pause, play, pause, play to list because I'm that kind of weird red string bulletin board theorist. So now I'm really analyzing the fact he used the aliases Anthony, Luke, Wesley, Eli, Thomas, etc. Yes, I'm very deep in this lore, okay? So Kai is really trying on different identities in a very cinematic video about Kai, who outside of all these characters, just as his self offstage, really was born to dance. You could definitely see that. He remains a really interesting performer, and I also love that the rover choreo was very made for TikTok, made for dance challenges, but the interpretive dancing he does in his short films lets him spread his wings more, show his full range. Number two. Bam Bam, Sour and Sweet. Bam Bam was very involved in the making of this full album, from the initial choices to final mixing and mastering, the concept from start to finish he created. And it's really a great encapsulation of his journey, because he starts with the song Feather, meant to represent his feeling fragile and uncertain when he first came to Korea, how it would go. And at the end, he ends with the song Wings, about how he's gone from feathers to wings. He's turned into a feeling free as a bird kind of a thing. Like, he really proved to himself he's got this. He really became comfortable in his own skin, figured out who he wants to be, musically, personally. It's a cool story. It's full of surprises inside, which is also fitting for the theme, Sour and Sweet, because like his outfit in the video is white but red on the inside, this album has Sour and Sweet smack dab in the center of more emotional tracks, and it's all just like one big nesting doll of a release. Side note, in a recent interview promoting this release, he said, Before COVID ruined all the plans, GOT7 was set to have their first stadium show. Not an arena, a stadium. But COVID ruined the plan, and I just really hope for his sake, and for GOT7's sake, that is back on the table soon. 
Besides this album being so personal to him in his journey, what I love about it is the way that it really stays intriguing, stays compelling, visually and auditorily. He really lets each chapter unfold. Clearly so much detail and care went into each part. There's not like a throwaway track or a throwaway segment. The highlight medley previewing all the songs really tells a bunch of mini stories, short stories to soundtrack the varied songs. There's Feather, which is a visual accompaniment of this animated version of him replaced with his 4D regular self in a black and white world. The song is showing his uncertainty, it's got a slow pace, echoey voices, strings, piano, all kind of spread out. It's a spatially wide song for him. Elements kind of spread out, like he's slowly pacing himself, getting his bearings. The transition then is into Take It Easy, which he said was his own therapy, his comfort to himself, a reassuring track for himself when he was going through a very tough time mentally. So he starts out with another vulnerable track, and visually the story is he's in the recording studio and gets to the mic on stage, ready to bear it all. Ghost tells the story of his dad, who passed away when he was just three. So he has mixed memories, mixed feelings about thinking about his dad, and he didn't plan on writing music about that, but it just sort of spilled out of him. He actually said he had a visit from his dad, like his spirit he felt was there, and he had sleep paralysis, and it was a whole thing. So dark, and he added a, hopefully to him, therapeutic element, processing those feelings with the visual, where he animates these memories. So you see an animated version of him running through a spooky woods, encountering this headless man that turns out to have just been a ghost, an unseen, unknown enemy in a way in his mind. Sonically, I'm just going to say Ghost needs a Pink Sweats remix, so let's make that happen. Sour and Sweet is a fun pop jam that, again, I like that it's right in the middle of the action, lightens things up a bit. The sound in the highlight video kind of goes in and out, like it's muffled, then less so again. Muffled, then less so again. The screen kind of cracks, ripples like water as well, so it's something is unsettled. There's some murmuring, some disturbance in his environment. But that doesn't get his spirits down. And the next song is Let's Dance, which is pretty slow, soft-voiced, and he dances. He takes the sheet off himself, gets up off the floor, and dances. Then he lies back down, though. The spotlight's still on him, so the pressure's still there, but he did take a minute to dance out his trouble. Then is About You, which is his reflection on being in the public eye. How he experiences that scrutiny. This is one of several interesting spatial editing examples where it kind of sounds like there's more than one artist. It kind of sounds like there's a feature, but there isn't. Like his voice just changes so much throughout it. On some of these songs, like About You, it really does feel like he passed the baton to a featured artist. But no, it's all him. Really impressive. And he adds to this feeling of there being more than one of him, more than one person here, with the highlight reel visual for About You. Because in this chapter of the video, one Bam Bam is dressed nice in a velvet suit, but on the other side, we see a Bam Bam looking disheveled. The penultimate song, Tippy Toe, is Bam Bam's personal favorite. It's got a cool flute, a cute message about a crush and being nervous around them. 
His nervous excitement over a crush is visualized with him kind of just swaying among colorful rows of fabric, colorful curtains, and a gold-framed mirror. Like, his beautiful golden experience of love is fast approaching. It's in sight. His contentment feels most believable on the final track, Wings. He really does feel satisfied like he has completed this inner journey. Actually, Feather and Wings don't just lyrically seem to go well together as opposites, sort of, but two parts of the same story here, in terms of audio, they really do kind of generate similar vibes, similar atmospheres come to mind as you listen to them. A very full circle journey, and we see that full circle in the highlight reel as well. That video shows him literally having an eye-opening experience, opening his eyes, surrounded by white feathers, while in a red outfit. Remember, in the Sour and Sweet video, the red stays inside, the white is the main outer layer of clothes. Now he's showing his inner self to the whole world, and now the feathers, he feels like, are abundant. So really cool, very human story, and it just made me want to see even more from him going forward. Drum roll, please, for number one, best release of March, 2023. Jimin, Face. My BTS bias, finally having a solo moment. So, so excited for him. He just is the best, the most talented, the cutest. I know I said I'd be pretty objective today, but come on, it's Jimin. He really, his voice really suits this classic pop sound and the slower stuff like Alone. He wraps some very vulnerable personal messages into catchy hooks, earworm status, instrumentals. It's a very poetic mini album that really does show his face to the world. I love the deep meaning with the face reveal, as it was called, with the big hit website countdown teaser, basically, when this album was announced. Reflecting on a face as, quote, waves originated from the deepest invisible inner world, pass through the face on the surface, and reach others to resonate while transmitting the inner voice, unquote. So he's all about conveying who he really is to the world while not sacrificing the outer public-facing self he has to present. That concept like in fake love and other eras with their masks and outer versus inner self persona concepts, he kind of added to that but in his own outside of BTS way. This really doesn't feel like a BTS release. It feels like a Jimin release. But thematically, there's a, a continuity here. You can hear a bit about the making of Set Me Free Part 2 in my interview with Max Cho, shameless plug. The German poem on his shirt says, quote, I live my life in ever-widening circles, each superseding all the previous ones. Perhaps I shall never succeed in reaching the final circle, but attempt I will. I circle around God, the ancient tower, and have been circling for a thousand years, and still I do not know, am I a falcon, a storm, or a continuing great song, unquote. The lyrics attest to that theme, too, of him talking about feeling stuck in a maze, stuck where he is, like an identity crisis by other terms. And to go with that circular theme, Jimin said the Set Me Free Part 2 choreo was meant to kind of resemble a circular prison. To be honest, at first, the first time I watched, thinking about the bird's eye view, I figured the Set Me Free Part 2 choreo was meant to look like a music note. But that was not it at all. But that's what I saw, so not sure what this says about my psychology, but really just attention holding. And then there's Like Crazy, which gave me a weird throwback to, like, photo booth edit days with the app photo booth with the funky filters and stuff, the x-ray filter type look. 
Alone is a beautiful song that's super vulnerable about failing to feel like you can get out of this rut. The refrain is repeated at the end, lie lie lie, a nice possibly unintentional nod to his previous BTS album solo called Lie. This is just ultimately Jimin's voice, Jimin presenting his faces to the world, and I couldn't be happier for him. Also, don't forget his single Promise, super beautiful, now finally available on all streaming platforms. And I just want to leave you with this beautiful quote from a recent interview that just sums up why I love Jimin. Quote, I really agree with the opinion that BTS's music always talks about how there needs to be more love and tolerance in the world. Isn't comfort the greatest strength music can bring? Unquote. Yes, it is. Now on to a massive round of honorable mentions. Starting more in detail, ending with just lightning fast. It gets faster and faster. 